All right. Welcome back. It's the Avid Investor Podcast with me, your host, Josh Adamek. And here we are, episode 48. And today we're going to talk about some wins. Uh, I felt that was appropriate since last episode. I talked about uh, some of the pro a few of the problems uh, I've encountered over the years and wanted to follow up with uh, some of the wins uh, that I've experienced over the years. And uh, so let's uh, let's get right into it. I just got a handful of properties or a handful of examples uh, to talk about. Um, you know, along with uh, uh, the lessons that I learned from them. So with that, let me set the record straight. Um, I'm going to talk about some wins. I'm going to talk about some, some you know, good uh, uh, good deals that I did over the years. And and just to set the record straight, it's not bragging. It's not boasting. It's, it's none of that bullshit. I'm not going to spend the next 30 minutes, uh, 20, 30 minutes, whatever it is, flashing big checks or talking big numbers. I'm not even going to tell you the, uh, the real numbers. I'm just going to tell you, go through some examples of some properties and projects that I've had over the years uh, where, where I've experienced a win and, you know, what I've learned, uh, the lesson that I learned from that. And, you know, you could take that and see how, how it could be applicable uh, to you. So, um, like I said, just got a handful to talk about here and uh, we're going to get into it. So um, first first property that comes to mind is just brainstorming, you know, getting ready uh, for this and, you know, just came up with a, a couple of examples uh, over the years. And, you know, there, were, there are more um, than this. I just grabbed a couple that came to mind and, um, you know, wanted to talk about it a little bit. So uh, first first property that came to mind is, is um, one that I did. Uh, we did this project. Oh, I don't know. It's got to be 12 years ago, maybe 14 years ago now at this time. It was, it was a, a project early, early on. So, um, it was a home out in Aspenwall. And this is when I was, when I was doing a lot of rehabs, big full gut, uh, remodels, you know, big, beautiful homes, got them down to the studs, rip them apart. Um, you know, do additions, you know, rework floor plans and all of that stuff, you know, spend six months or more, you know, sometimes doing, doing a remodel and then, you know, take a really, really crappy house in a good area, uh, do the remodel and, and, you know, make it beautiful again. So it was really active in that for, for, um, a number of years. So, uh, this property, for example, in Aspenwall, um, I get a call one day, we're doing some, some marketing and you know my, my team was very small uh you know we didn't uh at the time i didn't have office staff or anything like that um you know so i was doing lead generation i was doing bookkeep i was doing like a lot of the aspects of the business myself um so i was working some lead generation i got a call that comes in and um uh, this, this lady calls me she says uh she says you know tells me she has a house for sale in aspenwall and uh i said okay you know i went through my, uh, what I call the buy call sheet, just, you know, it's like 10 or 12 questions to get some basic information uh, for the property. So I go through, I ask her for a name. She didn't really want to give me her name. I got her first name. Um, and then uh, I, I, she starts telling me about the property, tells me how beautiful it is and this, that, and the other thing. And, you know, beautiful to her, but it needed a lot of work. And she had mentioned that the, the, the borough was after her uh, with citations to fix the property. It was in disrepair and everything. So, um, you know, I talked to her for, I mean, it had to be a good, like 30, 40 minutes. I was on the phone with, uh, with this woman and that whole time she wouldn't give me the address of the property. Um, but I got her phone number, I got her name and, uh, we had a good conversation, uh, left it at that. Uh, she had to go where I had to go. And I said, you know, I'll call you back. Uh, we'll talk more about this. She didn't want to give me the address. She didn't want me to come see the property. So I put it on the follow-up. <clears throat> so two weeks or a month later or whatever, 
I think it was two weeks. Uh, I, I called her back. I said, Hey, it's Josh. Um, you know, and, and we had another 30, 40 minute phone, phone call conversation about all different types of things. Um, she still, uh, still needed this, still wanted this, didn't really want to sell the property, but needed to sell the property. Uh, so, um, you know, we talked and talked and talked. She still didn't want me to come look at the home. Uh, so, um, I said, okay, I'll, I'll call back in a couple of weeks and check in. Two weeks later, I called her again, went through the whole thing again. And this went on for at least four, if not six months, uh, where I called her uh, every two weeks or every month and just followed up, followed up, followed up. Uh, and she didn't, uh, she, she, she wanted to talk to me. She was, you know, great to talk to, uh, but didn't want to give me the address of the property. Didn't want me to come see it, but I knew, you know, she had to sell it. So this went on and on and on and on. And then finally she calls me one day out of the blue and she says, uh, she says, Hey Josh, it's, uh, it's so-and-so she says, uh, uh, come on over to AWOL right now and look at this house. And I'm like, are you serious? She said, yeah. I said, okay, what's the address? And that was like six months in, you know, four, maybe six months into us talking every couple of weeks or every month. Um, and uh, she, gave, she gave me the address. She wanted me to come that day. And I did. I was able to move some things around, go out there, uh, look at the home. And it was, you know, up uh, in Aspenwall, great part of Aspenwall. Um, you know, I pull up, like you could barely see the home. It was all overgrown. Uh, I go inside, I'm talking to her. Um, you know, she's all over the place. Uh, she's telling me about the whole family history of the home. She's telling me everything, um, you know, telling me how she doesn't want to sell, uh, but she doesn't have the money to fix it and the burrows after her and things like that. And, you know, it went, it went on and on and on and on. And we talked again, talked again. Um, and, uh, she, she wasn't to the point or, can't remember if uh, she was to the point where she absolutely had to sell it uh, that day or not. Uh, but long story short, uh, it's at one point or another, and this is going back, you know, 10, 12 years ago, uh, whether it was that day or a couple of days later, I ended up getting the home under agreement uh, to purchase. And uh, we, we closed on, you know, went in the house. At first, it was all overgrown. Like I said, on the outside, you could barely see the home, navigated our way into it. Uh, I go in, I walk through the home. There's like trees growing into the home through, through the roof. And like there was, you know, obvious signs of like raccoons and other animals being all through the home. Like it was a total disaster. And, um, uh, you know, so, so I look through it and like I, I go to leave and like I just wanted to like, you know, throw my shoes in the garbage uh, when I left. Like that's that's how bad this place was. It was it was rough. So ended up getting that property under agreement. Um, we closed on it about a month later and went through the whole remodel. I forget how long it took, but it was four months, six months, something like that. Like full gut remodel. Um, did it, did the whole thing inside out, uh, you know, roof, windows, gutters, uh, exterior siding, um, the whole interior mechanicals, drywall, opened some walls up, added, uh, opened the rooms up, added a master suite, you know, did like a mega, mega reno on this home. Um, and then it was probably six months later or whatever. Um, we completed the home and sold it. And uh, we did really well. Um, we did really well. It was a, a very, very, very profitable um, uh, flip up there in Aspenwall. Uh, and the reason why I wanted to, to talk about this one in particular is not necessarily because it was a big, big moneymaker. I mean, it ended up being a, a really, really good project for us. Uh, but 
the key is like when when the lead when the lead came in, um, I was able to get that home. Uh, I was able to buy that home at a fair price, a price that worked for the seller, a price that worked for us as the buyer. And I was able to uh, get that home uh, under agreement because of my consistency, because of my follow up. Um, you know, I don't know who else she was talking to, if anyone uh, early on. I mean, again, this was so many years ago, uh, but I could only imagine that there aren't that many people um, that that sensed that there was an opportunity here and had had the uh, um, uh, the, the, the driver, the motivation to follow up, follow up, follow up, follow up. And I've learned this many, many times over the years uh, that the best deals don't always come from the first phone call. Hey man, you want to buy my house? Yep. I'll take it. No problem. And then the deal is done. Do you get some opportunities that way? Um, yes, absolutely. There's some pretty, pretty streamlined, pretty quick, straightforward transactions, uh, throughout the years, um, that, that go relatively quick, relatively smooth. But what I've learned from, from this example and from several others, just like this, is that the best deals don't come from the first phone call. The best deals don't come from the first follow-up. Um, you know, when you look at, at your your funnel, um, you know, the follow-up is key. So uh, a lot of times, you know, somebody first calls you and they want to stay, they think they want to sell a house, uh, but they don't have to sell the house. Well, motivation may change. Circumstances may change over time. Uh, three months down the line, six months down the line, a year down the line. So you want to make sure if you're spending all this money, time, effort, energy, and resources on marketing and uh, uh, lead generation for, for deal flow, you want to make sure that you're following up. Um, follow up is key. So that was the first example. Uh, next next property that, that came to mind, I, I always, I mentioned this one a lot, um, but I call it the $100 house. Uh, got a phone call one day again, I was doing some lead generation. This was early on. I mean, this was probably, um, 12, if not 15 years ago, uh, <clears throat> guy calls me up. Uh, I do the buy call sheet. I take the information. Uh, it was a crappy house in a crappy area. Uh, his price was okay. Not something I wanted to jump out of my chair at my office and drive across town to go look at and lock it up. But, um, you know, I was early on in my career. And I was wholesaling a lot and um, I was, you know, just, it, it was more about deal flow. So um, guy calls me up, I do the buy call sheet. I get the information. I know the area. It's a crappy house, crappy area. He gives me his price. I'm like, eh, okay. Um, I said, let's, let's look at it. So um, set an appointment. I, I meet a guy at the house uh, a couple of days later. Maybe it was a day or two later or the next week or whatever. I don't remember when it was, uh, but I meet him there. I walked through the house and verified it was a crappy house in a crappy area. And um, <clears throat> we're standing there in the living room. Um, it was a crappy house in a crappy area, but he had it cleaned out. I mean, it was it was at least cleaned cleaned out. I didn't have to like climb over stuff to 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 get a look. I I remember that uh, crystal clear. Um, but uh, we're standing in the living room and I, I'm talking to him, you know, just uh, building a little rapport. And I said, so um, what are you what are you looking to do with this place? I knew the property like I did the buy call sheet. I knew the information. I knew his price, but I always follow up. I asked the questions again when we're face to face. Uh, so I said, what are you looking to do with this place? And he looks at me and he says, I don't give a shit. Give me a hundred bucks and it's yours. I looked at him. I said, are you serious? He says, yeah. He says, I'm done with this place. Like, 
I don't, you know, I don't need the money. I forget what is it, what his story was, but he was just tired of dealing with it. It was maybe a house that he, he inherited or, um, you know, relative had passed or something. And he was like, he spent all kind of time trying to clean it up. And I think he's been burned, uh, you know, from a couple other buyers uh, prior to that. And he, he was at the point, he just wanted to not have to drive over there and deal with it anymore and not have to pay the electric bill anymore. And he said, I don't give a shit. Give me a hundred bucks and it's yours. So looked at him again. I looked at him. I said, you serious? He says, he says, yeah, it's yours. Um, so I said, well, that's fine. I said, we can do it. Um, of course, I didn't negotiate the price. Uh, so, so I said, we could do it. I said, you know, we got to do the uh, sales agreement and, you know, order title and go through the closing process. But, um, you know, we could consider it a done deal. So we did it. We signed the sales agreement. Um, you know, I sent it the title, started the title and, you know, closed on it about a month later when title was ready. Uh, and then I ended up wholesaling it um, relatively quickly for, you know, more than a hundred bucks. Uh, so it wasn't, that one wasn't like a huge money maker. It was a crappy house in a crappy area, uh, but it was a good opportunity. It was a good deal. Um, it ended up being a, a really good deal, you know, ratio wise. Uh, you know, it wasn't a huge, huge money maker, but it was a profitable deal. Um, the the lesson I learned from that one is, you know, when I had the buy call sheet come in, when I took the information, um, you know, I sensed a little bit of motivation. Uh, when he told me the the address, when he told me the uh, condition of the property, I knew it was a crappy house in a crappy area. Um, but, you know, I got, I sensed a little bit of motivation there when we were talking. So um, what I, I, I set the appointment, I went and I saw the house. And, you know, again, when I got there, I asked, pretty much went through, you know, the, the, the script again, went through the questions again, just to verify the information. And when I asked him for the price a uh, second time, when we were standing there face to face, his price dropped big time from when we spoke on the phone, you know, it may have been two or three days earlier. So uh, point being is, is I always, I always ask the questions again. I always follow up. Um, and uh, that one, for example, uh, which, you know, when I went out to look look at it, it could have been a deal um, even at his original price, but it had ended up uh, being a, you know, a good deal ratio wise, um, you know, in, in, in the end. And uh, lesson again, that was, uh, that was just something that I learned, something that, uh, that I experienced, you know, go look at it. Uh, even if it doesn't sound like a great deal on the surface, if there's a little motivation there or something um, and you got the time, just go look at it. Go meet with the sellers, talk with the sellers, and you never know where you're going to end up. Um, so that's it. Uh, that That's the second property, second example that came to mind. Um, you know, third one that I want to talk about a little bit is um, an apartment building that I bought. Uh, and this was, again, this was another one. It was probably, you know, I think I owned the building for 10 years. So it was probably, you know, another one that was that I purchased 12, 15 years ago. So uh, again, I was doing some marketing, doing some lead generation. I think this one was actually, uh, if I recall, it was a, an agent friend of mine that uh, that brought me the deal. So early on in my career, um, when I was starting to build my portfolio, I was just, you know, adding doors to portfolio. So I was buying single family homes. I was buying duplexes. I was buying, um, you know, some apartment buildings and I was building, you know, a, a you know, a cash flow uh, portfolio. Um, and this was prior to switching much prior to switching to the equity model where now we just focus on existing single family homes. And today, you know, with my model, I'd rather own, um, 
10, 15, you know, 10, 20, 50 single family homes, as opposed to a 10, 20, 50 unit apartment complex. That's my preference. And um, that's what, what works best for, you know, our equity partnerships that we do, um, you know, investing for the long term. But again, this was early on, you know, I was buying doors. So I was buying uh, a, a fair amount of multi-units. So this apartment building, <clears throat> go look at it, or, you know, I get the numbers. Um, I, uh, I run an evaluation. Uh, I have the seller's price point, and you know what the the other information that I had was how much the seller owed on the property. And I knew I knew that it, it was a tight deal um, at that price point. Uh, but I also knew you know going in that it was a relatively turnkey apartment building, so there wasn't a whole lot of you know capital improvements needed. So I did um, set the appointment, uh, went and looked at it. And, uh, uh, ran, you know, ran my evaluation, uh, you know, revisited my evaluation after, you know, walking through the property, uh, seeing the condition of the units and mechanicals and all that stuff. And I, I, I revisited my eval and my, my purchase price, my number that I could pay, uh, was significantly lower than what was owed on the property, uh, the debt that the seller had against the property. And I'm like, I went to the agent. I'm like, here's where I can be on my purchase price. And he came back to me and he said, well, that's less than what he owes. And I said, well, let's write it up and send it over. I mean, you know, we, we took the time to go look at it. Let's submit an offer and see what happens. He's, you know, with, with hesitation, uh, he agreed. So he wrote up the offer, submitted it to the seller. Uh, there was a little bit of going back and forth. Uh, and then at the end of the day, the seller accepted, ended up accepting the offer. Um, so we closed on it, closed on the property. I own that building for probably eight years, 10 years, something like that. And then, um, you know, when the market went up, I ended up, um, you know, exiting that building, uh, with the focus that, uh, you know, with the, you know, laser focus on, on the single family home portfolio. So, um, I owned it for a number of years, eight, 10 years, uh, it cash flowed well. And then when I exited the property, when I sold it to another investor, um, ended up uh, uh, making some money on that. But that's not really the lesson uh, learned on that. Of course, you know, lesson is, you know, real estate's a long-term play. So, you know, that property, for example, I made cash flow for many, many years. And then, you know, it appreciated over the years. And then when I exited the property, there was there was a gain there. There was, there was a win. Um, so, you know, it was it was profitable cash flow wise over the years, and then there was there was margin at the end at the exit, so it had ended up being a really good deal. Uh, but the lesson learned on that one, uh, for example, is if you take the time, you never know what a seller's motivation is. So if you take the time to look at a deal, to evaluate the deal, you might as well submit an offer. Um, you know the offer, the, the number that makes sense. And again, you never know what a seller's motivation is. Um, you know, I don't know why, um, I kind of know why, uh, but you never, you don't know why a seller would be willing to accept an offer that's lower to actually bring money to closing um, for you to purchase their property when he has a turnkey cash flowing property. His reason in particular was he was, he was focused on his business and he didn't have the time, effort, or energy um, to manage this apartment building any longer. So he looked at it as, it'll cost me some money to get out of this building, but 
I will free up the time to focus on my business. So that was his, that was his motivation in particular. So it ended up, uh, it ended up working for everyone at the end. Um, you know, so that was, you know, again, uh, if you take the time to look at a property, evaluate a property, uh, do your, um, uh, do your spreadsheets, do your numbers, you might as well submit an offer. You never know what's going to happen. So, um, Next example I wanted to talk about was uh, uh, the, uh, the the Kennedy House. Um, it was house uh, a home out in Kennedy Township, <clears throat> and it, this is a similar uh, similar scenario where this one was a single family home. I was buying it to uh, rehab it and sell it. I, um, I I get the call, do the buy call sheet, and again this this again this one was years ago, um, probably ten plus years ago uh, when I, when I had this property. Um, uh, come across my desk, uh, seller calls me, says, Hey, I have a house in Kennedy township. Um, <clears throat> we go through the buy call sheet. I get the information, probably pulled up on my computer while we're talking. Um, you know, he tells me, uh, he tells me, you know, backstory on the property. I think it was, you know, lived there and, um, might've been part of a divorce or something like that. And then, uh, he owned the property. His kids were living there. His son was living there and his son and all his buddies and they, they were trashing the place and he was tired of dealing with it. So he just wanted to sell it. Um, told me what he owed on the property. And again, um, you know, doing a quick formula, I'm like, you know, that's, that's a little tight. I said, I, 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 I unfortunately, I said, I don't think this one is going to work for us, uh, at that price point. Cause he owed a lot on the property. And I knew from talking with him, I was going to have a significant renovation uh, to get it to full retail price. And there just wasn't enough margin there to do everything. So talking with this guy, he says, you know what? He says, you know, I got to sell this place. Can you just come out and look at it? And with hesitation, I went out and I looked at it. You have to excuse me, just had to take a little drink there. Um, but uh, so I go out and I look at the property. I'm walking through. Well, first off, I meet the seller at the, at, at the house. Uh, you know, we walk in and it was like frat house 101. Like there's some dude. It was like noon on a Wednesday or something, maybe 2 p.m. And there's some dude passed out on the couch. Uh, there's beer cans everywhere, like ashtrays, cigarette butts everywhere, liquor bottles all through the kitchen. Like this place, it was just like a like I said, a frat house 101 um, in the middle of Kennedy Township. Um, so, so I, uh, uh, I'm walking through the home with him and there was like, there was like sewage backed up in the basement. Like it was disgusting. Um, so I, I, I'm walking through it with him. I'm doing my rehab budget, uh, in my head as we go. I, um, you know, I, I, we go outside or, or on the porch or something and I sketch out some quick numbers and I'm like, and I told him, I'm like, I said, I'm sorry. I said, you know, we're just like, we're too far apart on the price. Cause I, in my head, I just, you know, I'm like, you know, I know what he owes and I know what I can pay to make this work. And there's just no way it's going to work. And he says, well, just give me your price. What's your price? So I gave him this, um, I gave him the price. And I, if I remember correctly, it was probably about half of what he owed on the property. And without, I told him my number and without hesitation, he took it. He's like, let's do it. I'm done. I'm like, okay. So I grabbed the, I grabbed the sales agreement. We put it under agreement. Uh, we closed on it, rehabbed it. Um, and, uh, you know, it was, it wasn't, a, it, it was, 
a huge rehab for the property, but it wasn't like a major gut rehab because it was a fairly, you know, like a 50s built, 60s built home, maybe a little bit newer in, in Kennedy Township, like Brick, uh, Cape Cod. Um, so it wasn't like a full gut rehab, but it was like a disgusting, um, you know, rehab. So um, we, uh, we, we closed on it. Uh, did the rehab, sold it, um, ended up being being a profitable uh, project. Um, you know, the margins were good. It wasn't like a huge dollar amount. It wasn't like a super high price point house, but the margins on it were really good. Um, and moral of the story on that one, the lesson that I learned is like, you, you got to kind of gauge the seller's motivation. Um, you know, when I took the buy call sheet, I knew he owed a lot on the property. And when he kept like, when he kept saying, I got to sell, I need to sell this place. I'm done with it. I just got to sell it. And, uh, you know, when I told him on the phone that like, you know, I, I can't like, I can't pay you what you owe for the property. I'm telling you that right now, based on a, what I see, what I, what, what you're telling me, like, I just can't do it. And he said, come out and look, I went out and looked and, uh, he, sold the home like he sold the home to me again another seller that brought a check to closing for us to buy their home so um you know the offer that i gave them you know in both of these scenarios it was a fair offer and neither one of these sellers had to sell to me they could sell to anyone else um but my guess is that they tried selling it and maybe maybe other offers that they received were lower um, maybe they were, maybe they, they didn't have the rapport, um, with, uh, the other buyers that, that we had. I don't know what the deciding factor is. Um, but fact of the matter is I took the time to go out and look at the home, talk with the sellers. I made the offer and the offer was accepted. So I didn't force anybody to sell me their home. They could have went anywhere else. They could have done something else. They could have, you know, the apartment building guy could have kept the home. The uh, the single family home guy could have, or the apartment guy could have kept the apartment building. The single family home guy could have kept the home. He could have fixed it up himself or cleaned it out or something, you know. But but the reality is neither one of them wanted to deal with it, and they just wanted to be done. So they were motivated sellers, uh, and it worked out in the end. Um, <clears throat> next example uh, I, I want to talk about is um, a uh, a home that. Um, you know, was up on, uh, I think it was Mount Washington, get a call from, uh, this was, this was a couple of years ago, not that long ago, but several years ago, I get a call from a wholesaler. Uh, he's got a property on, uh, on Mount Washington. I was, I was very active up there. Uh, still am, uh, active up in Mount Washington. And he knew that he knows a developer and he calls me up and he says, Hey, I got this, uh, I get this home. Uh, I think, you know, it might be a good tear down and build an apartment building or something like that, or a duplex. I, I don't know what his rhyme or reason was. Um, there was a city view and, um, uh, he goes through the whole scenario, tells me all about it. And, um, uh, uh, or this was actually going through text. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't a phone call. And then, uh, he gave me the address and he gave me the price. When he gave me his price, I just assumed it was a typo. Um, I assumed he left off a zero or something like that. Uh, but you know, it, that's the, the price that he gave me. And I said, you know what, man, I'll, uh, um, I don't know if it's going to make sense for a teardown and, and rebuild or anything like that, but I'm in the area. I'll come take a look at it. So let's check it out. So I went and looked at it. Um, walk through it uh, with him and, and the seller and ended up being a livable home. Um, it was bad. It was rough, but somebody was actually living at the, in the home. Um, so we walked through it um, again, like I went through the whole, 
uh, went through the whole property, uh, ran an eval, and I didn't think it need torn down. Um, I felt that it could be renovated, uh, properly renovated and resold. It was a big, big renovation, like a full gut remodel, but the value and the price points supported the amount of work uh, needed in that. Um, and so I went through it. I'm like, yeah, this is, you know, this is a good opportunity. I said, um, I said, remind me again, you know, what's your price? And he gave me the same price that, uh, uh, that he texted me. And I said, okay, I'll take it. Um, I don't think we negotiated. Um, so bought that property, um, ended up closing on it. And, um, at the end of the day, it ended up just long story short, it ended up being a very, very, um, uh, profitable project. Um, lesson I learned from that is like, I don't know, I don't know what the lesson learned was, but th some things that I took, uh, from that is, um, when we were going back and forth, uh, in the text, like it was all over the place, like his ideas for the property, but my, my knowledge of, of the area and the property, I didn't think that what he was trying to do made sense. Um, like tear it down and build an apartment building. First off, you got to deal with zoning and permitting and all that stuff. And the lot size wasn't even going to work for uh, what he what he was trying to do. But it was it was a value add opportunity in a really good area. And we were going back and forth. And then you know I didn't know what his price was until I until at the end I asked him his price and he told me and I was shocked. Um, but you know point being is like. I went out to look at the look at the property, kind of forgetting about what what he thought the highest and best use was, just knowing that it was a value add opportunity in a really good area. And I ended up closing on it. Ended up being a really really uh, good one for us. So um, that was um, that was example number five. And then you know last one uh, that I want to talk about is is a commercial property uh, that I bought years ago. Um, this one, uh, and I don't, I don't do a lot of commercial, uh, but I was out driving around one day and I saw a building that, um, that, that I knew about this building. I used to deal with the business that was, that was in the building years ago. And I just happened to ride past one day and I saw the building was still empty. And I knew the business went out of business probably five plus years ago. Um, so it was a commercial building just sitting vacant, nice looking building. Um, but it was gutted, like it was just a shell, uh, nice building in an okay area. Um, so I'm like, yeah, I like this building. It looks cool. Uh, I don't know what I do with it, but let me just see if I can find the seller. So I went old school. I, oh, I tried to find the seller and it was like owned by an LLC or something like that. Um, and I couldn't get a phone number, uh, without digging too hard. I'm sure I could have, but I just went old school and I wrote the guy a letter and I mailed him a letter. And uh, I said, hey, you know, in my letter, I said, hey, you know, my, my name's Josh. I'm, I'm a real estate investor. Um, you know, I see you on the property at whatever address. Um, you know, I'd like to I'd like to purchase the property um, if, if you're willing to sell something along those lines. And I sent him I sent him the letter, uh, you know, a handwritten letter, a typed letter with it with a signature on it and uh, hand addressed envelope. I, I mailed it to him and then like. I dropped it in the mail and I'm not kidding. Like two days later, I get a phone call, which typically it, it's uncommon that one, I send one letter and get one phone call back. Typically, like when we've done mailing in the past, we're lucky if we get like a 10% response rate or, you know, three or 5% response rate. So if you send out a hundred letters, you might get 10 phone calls. 
Um, that's the reality in marketing. So I knew this was like, you know, just a slim chance that this guy was even going to call me because I didn't know him. I didn't know, like the building wasn't for sale. I just sent him a letter. So sure enough, two days later, he calls me right back. Um, and he says, Hey, you know, I got your letter, uh, told me about the property. Uh, he was having some troubles with it, battling, you know, some issues with the city or permitting or something like that. So he says, you know, I'm, I'm just at the tail end of, of, you know, legal on this one. And, and, you know, I, 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 or whatever, you know, he was dealing with some kind of issues. I don't, I don't remember what it was. Um, but he said, uh, he said, yes, I want to sell this property. And I went through the I went through the information. There's not much of a buy call sheet with that. I mean, it was a vacant box, um, uh, you know. So I wasn't like asking bedroom, bathroom count or anything like that. I just kind of um, general information on the property. And it's been empty for a while. And he was I think he was trying to put a laundromat in it or something like that, and couldn't get the uh, couldn't get the right zoning or permitting or something like that. And you know, he was working on that for years and years and years. And over those years, he's he put money into the shell. I think he put a new roof on it, put new storefront glass in it, like new doors, like spend some money on the building, which is why it looked really, really nice um, sitting there vacant. So uh, we're talking and uh, and I think he gave me the price. And when when he gave me the price, I was surprised uh, it, it is asking price. And I said, OK, I said, you know, we set up a time to go meet and um I uh, went down to the property, you know, there's not, again, there's not much to walk through because not much to look at because you can see it, you know, through the storefront windows. Uh, so I met him there and, um, you know, went through the whole scenario again, the whole story again, and um, asked him the price again. And his price was the same. And I said, okay, I said, I'd like to buy it. Um, so we went, uh, we did a sales agreement. I believe he got his uh, attorney involved just to review and approve the agreement. So it took a little bit, of, you know, a couple of days or a week or so going back and forth, ended up getting that property under agreement and um, closed on it, owned it for a while. Uh, and then um, I didn't do anything with it. Um, you know, I, I had some plans. I had some different ideas that I was going to do, but I just kept putting it on the back burner is, is what happened in reality. So I sat on it for a while. I owned it. Um, and then, you know, I think about two years later, three years later, something like that. Um, I was, I was, I get a call or call or something from one of the commercial brokers that I deal with. And, um, she's telling me about an opportunity that she has. I think it was a Mount Washington, a land development deal. And, um, uh, she says, uh, um, she's telling me about the deal. And I jokingly, jokingly, I'm like, you know what? I got more crap I need to sell than buy right now. I'm good. Um, at the time I was like knee deep in approvals on a couple of projects, a couple of development projects. And I just didn't have, um, the, the desire to take on anything else. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, when I said that, she's like, well, what do you have? Um, and I thought about it and I'm like, you know what? I got this commercial building. So long story short, we went back and forth. I said, I sent her the information. I said, tell me what you think this is worth. And again, this is like, you know, coming at, um, the market has gone up over, over that, uh, that, that time span. And she puts a price on it. And I'm like, yeah, okay. Uh, so you have my attention. Um, so we ended up marking the price up from there. And I said, let's put it out here and, you know, see what happens. She said, okay. So she put it out there and wouldn't, you know, like within a couple of weeks, boom, she had a buyer on the hook 
I'm like, holy crap. Uh, and I was, I was pretty excited about that one. That buyer ended up falling out. Um, long story short, she, the, the buyer was like all over the place trying to do a bunch of things, like assemble a bunch of properties for her business. And, and it was just like, for whatever reason, she ended up not closing, uh, fell out during her due diligence period. Um, so that deal was off the table. <clears throat> we went back on the market with the property, did, did like a price adjustment and ended up selling it long story short. So at the end of the day, um, I did well. I mean, it was, it was a good, uh, good property. Uh, there was, there was money to be made. There was some margin there. Um, lesson learned from that one is, I mean, I'll, I'm always looking like you always, you always have to look for opportunities. You always got to dig. I mean, you always got to follow up. I just happened to be driving around and I, I spotted the building. I knew the building for a while. Like that's it. There was no for sale sign on it. Um, you know, there was no like, you know, here, come buy me. I'm for sale. There was none of that. It just happened to be a building that I knew from my past, um, that I knew, you know, from being out and about all day, every day, you know, just driving around, looking at stuff. I remember time and time again, seeing that property sitting there vacant. So I sent the guy a letter and there was an opportunity there closed on it, sat on it for a while and sold it and made some money. So there's, um, you know, again, you know, lesson learned in that one is, is, you know, it was kind of like, you know, it, it, there were, it wasn't for sale. Like it wasn't listed for sale, but I, I followed, I found, you know, I ended up finding the buyer. Um, if I didn't get a response from that letter, from that first letter, I would have sent another letter. I would have sent another letter. I would have just had them in the follow-up. And, and, you know, it would have been in the queue until I heard, like, until I heard back from somebody, no, this property is not for sale. Don't ever call me again. Don't bother me. You get those kind of responses. Then, we, you know, we stop following up. But, um, you know, just like the Aspen Wall house, for example, like the lady, you know, every time I called her, we had a good conversation. Yeah, it was like 30, 40 minutes out of my day every time. But there was a conversation and, and, you know, there was some motivation there. I just, wasn't able to get the appointment and and visit the home. This commercial property, I just happened to hit it on the first time where I got the I got them right time, right place, and you know got the opportunity. So um, that's just you know some of the examples. Again, like you know, <clears throat> it's I think I said this before in an episode. If if you're always listening, um, you know, uh, um, they say like my mentor told me uh, years ago. You know, when you're in this business full time, when you're at it, when you're when you're pounding the pavement all day, every day, the deal of a lifetime tends to come around about once a year. Um, and that's that holds true for the most part. I mean, you know, I'm not I'm not actively outsourcing like these big rehabs or big development or commercial properties or anything like that right now. We're pretty laser focused um, with, you know, building the uh, the single single family home portfolios under the equity model. Um, but, you know, that's what we do now all day, every day is, you know, we're sourcing properties to add to portfolio. And while we have a buy box that we follow certain criteria that the properties have to meet, um, because we're always buying, we're always sourcing deals, those home run deals tend to come around. And, and it's, it's a result of always being out there, always looking, always actively you know, following up, sourcing deals, um, making calls, um, following up with sellers, following up with wholesalers, and the opportunities are out there. Um, 
<clears throat> and if anybody tells you that, 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 you know, all you got to do is flip a switch, then all of a sudden, you know, all these leads and all these hot seller, you know, all these motivated sellers are going to be coming your way. I mean, chances are it's a bunch of crap. Um, they're trying to sell you something. The reality is the do when, when you do lead generation, the, the, best deals, the best opportunities come from follow-up. And your absolute best deals, your absolute home runs are typically the the, the leads that, that you are relentless on, on, on your follow-up. And you end up buying those properties three months, six months, year, year years down the, down the road um, from that initial phone call. And why is that? Because a seller's motivation changes, tends to change over time. Every once in a while, you know, again, you know, if you're doing this business all day, every day, you're going to hit the occasional, like, you know, the commercial property that I bought where I, I got in contact with the seller on the first time they ended up selling. You're going to get the occasional, like the Kennedy house, um, where it was like, he called, he wanted to sell. We went out, we looked at it, um, and we bought it. You're going to get those deals, but it's, it's all in your deal flow. It's all in your volume and deal flow. But I promise you, um, if you take anything from this episode, <clears throat> just know that the best deals are in the follow-up. Um, so that's it. Um, you know, again, I, 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 I wanted to talk about some of the wins uh, that I've had over the years and there's, there's more, I mean, you know, we've done a lot of deals, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of business over the years. There's, there's some more wins um, that I can talk about, but I just wanted to hit a quick highlight reel um, following up on last week's episode that was on, you know, some of the, uh, some of the pitfalls uh, that I've encountered over the years and, and, and how I've overcome those. So wanted to follow up and talk about some of the wins. So that's it. Um, I thank you guys so much for tuning in. Um, that's episode 48 of the Avid Investor Podcast. And again, like I got nothing to offer you guys other than um, some hopeful, hopefully wisdom and some guidance on, on, you know, how you can start your business or improve uh, your business. So I got nothing to sell. I got nothing to offer you otherwise. And my, the only thing that I ask in return is if you find value in this, just share it with someone uh, that can find value in the episode. So thank you guys so much for tuning in and have a great day.